Welcome to The Rutledge Perspective. I am your host, Laurel Rutledge, and this show is where we talk about the things that are top of mind as you navigate your career, whether corporate or otherwise. The plan is to get you out of your rut and talk you back off that ledge with insights and perspectives on the daily grind. Welcome to the village. Welcome to The Rutledge Perspective. On this week's edition, we are interviewing Dina Clark. Um, who is just a fantastic individual, and I can't wait for you to get to meet her. And before we get started, I'm going to read you a little bit about her background. Dina is a passionate champion of equality, advocacy, and community engagement. It's more than a tagline for her. It's her life. With more than 15 years of experience managing and directing programs aimed at improving the lives of underrepresented or underserved populations, she is committed to making a difference. She's fiercely dedicated to issues of equity, anti-bias education, diversity and inclusion, civil rights, and community engagement and leadership. And the reason I'm having Dina on the show is because every once in a while you run into that person that through their career has done a number of things. She's been in nonprofit and she's been an advocate for a number of people and is truly dedicated to this space. And you run into those people who are not only doing great work, but are truly living their passion. They're not experts just because they've studied, but they're experts because their spirit drives them to be there. And that's who we have in Dina Clark. So I was very pleased to be able to work with her. I'm so excited that she's agreed to be on The Rutledge Perspective. Dina, welcome to The Rutledge Perspective. Thank you for being wow, here. thank you. Thank you for that big introduction, too. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I just up great. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you are an upgrade. You're an upgrade to all of us. Um, and, and I want my, re- my viewers and, and the people that are in my village to really understand what it is that got you to where you are. And so we're going to walk through a few things so you can help them understand that. So maybe tell people exactly what you're doing now. What is it that you're responsible for? Okay. Um, right now, I am head of diversity and inclusion for uh, an organization that is based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, Covestro LLC. They're also uh, globally um, headquartered in Leverkusen, Germany. And um, I am (laughs) rolled out the diversity and inclusion strategy from scratch. So that meant uh, developing the strategy as well as implementing it, as well as uh, trying to make sure that the culture is engaged in embracing the strategy as well. And it has been, um, I don't even know how to describe it, an amazing opportunity uh, to be able to build and take all of the experience and passion, pull it together, and apply it to one organization. So it's been it's been a great ride, and it's been almost uh, three years that fast. It's amazing, and we met three years ago, right? <laughs> so, so one of the things that we talk about in the Rutledge perspective is that journey, right? That moving through your career, the the pitfalls, the challenges, the successes and the triumphs. So as you think about where you've been and maybe maybe tell people um, when you answer this question a little bit about your journey, um, talk about your education, the positions you had, the kind of locations you lived in. How how have you moved through over the last several decades of your career? Okay, Um, I'm gonna start with um, my mother who, you know, I guess that's a great place to start regardless because I wouldn't be here without her. Right. But um, she would always say to me, do not chase a paycheck, chase your passion. Because you may not always have what you want, but you will always have what you need. Right. And so that stuck with me. And as a result, that's what I did. I nurtured a passion that I didn't even know existed 
until um, something happened in my life that I'm happy to share that completely changed everything. Um, it is, it, it's almost overwhelming when I look back and you think about how did you land here when all these little pieces sort of made everything come together. Um, it wasn't, uh, wasn't a degree I got, it wasn't a, um, a specific area, but I had an incident. I was doing a training and I was talking to a group of people. It was a health and safety training, uh, pretty basic. And I was going through this activity and I saw these two people in the back of the room. They were looking at me and looking at me. And I said, you know, let's take a break. I wanted to check on these two people. And when I went back to ask them if they had a question, they said not about the materials, but about me. And I said, go ahead. And they asked me uh, where my tail was. And I said, my what? They said, where's your tail? And we couldn't see because you're wearing pants. Where's your tail? I didn't know at the moment, but that question and that interaction changed my entire career direction and my entire outlook. They thought because I had brown skin that I had a tail like a monkey or a horse. And um, unfortunately, because they had limited exposure to people, um, that was common understanding in the town that I was in, not just limited to those two individuals that I found out later which also blew my mind uh, because they were also uh, people with degrees that were educators. And so that's why, you know, for me, uh, coming from two educators, education is relative. However, that incident changed my entire career. I, um, I wanted to really figure out why people would have this perception of people that was so drastically different from, at least for me, uh, I was there as a professional and um, it was drastically different. They saw me as an animal. And I thought, how could this be? How are people functioning this way? And uh, I have a psychology degree, so that was part of my piece as well. But it was really trying to understand how people at the simplest level could get along better, understand each other, communicate better. And it seems simple to me at the time, but as we all can see, especially in today's environment, it is not as simple as I assumed. And the work is necessary. And I'm proud to do it because it's something I can lay my head down at night and say I'm trying to make a difference. And, um, and so I would say that incident changed my life. My, um, my educational background supported it because I'm able to pull in different communities. Uh, I have a, a bachelor's degree in child and family studies and psychology. And I can argue many adults think like children sometimes. <laughs> I'm tapping into that degree yes. uh, as yes. well as psychology. Yes. <laughs> um, my uh, my master's is in global leadership, and I'm proud of that because I think you know we are in a global society. Right. We are connected. Um, technology is advancing by the second, and I think the more we are heavily connected, in many ways, the more we're separated um, because technology connects us, but it doesn't do a face to face. And right. so it's important for people to understand both dynamics because both can be um, positive connections as well. Right. So there's the global diversity piece or global leadership rather. And I'm currently working on my doctorate in um, uh, education with a focus on leadership and administration. So okay. I think by tying all those things together, plus the passion that I have for this work, um, it's, it's really, I, I hope, hopefully I'll be able to inspire people right. um, and, um, and make a difference. So, so if you think about that, because the people that are listening to this and that are becoming part of my village um, are also passionate about what they do. They're really excited. Um, and in some cases, they may be thinking, man, 
this just might not be it. It's time for me to make a big leap. Or they've had a really crazy situation, which is making them doubt where they are or where they're going. And so when you think about that story, and for those of you just joining me, I've heard that story before, and I was able to keep a pleasant look this time because I'd heard the story before, um, but I do not have a poker face. Those of you who are following me know this. Um, so you can imagine my reaction the first time uh, Ms. Dina told me about the Tales story. So tell our folks when you encounter something like that that is so out of left field and nothing that you would actually expect to experience, even though we all have those crazy experiences in our lifetime, this is one of those that's for the record books. How did you not let that be something that said, oh, I just can't do this anymore. I need to completely change. How did that really make you move towards this space and lean into this space as opposed to saying, nah, I'll find something else? I'll have to, thank you for that question. I have to go back to the kind of educator roots in me. Mm -hmm. My, uh, when that first happened, I had agita in my stomach. It's like somebody just hits you mm -hmm. and you, there's no way you could prepare, but I also knew it was going to be my teachable moment. And for me, that meant I had to not confirm any stereotypes to try and listen, hold myself together so that it required some level of discipline um, but also knowing that at the end of the day, I was hoping for change behavior at, or at minimum, some level of awareness. So in order to do that, um, and from watching educators creatively deliver pieces of information to different types of people and different styles of people and watch how that sort of process can evolve. It was important for me to remain composed, uh, listen more than speak and um, hope, be hopeful at the end of the day that there was going to be a change. Uh, I will say <laughs> that when I got in the car, <laughs> I was like, what just happened? <laughs> um, because it was sort of an out-of-body experience when somebody's so drastically, you just can't prepare for anything like that. Right. And unfortunately, even though that was some time ago, uh, when I share this story as I do, which is what my why is, why am I doing this work? Why do I care? Um, people have shared similar stories that have happened far more recently than that story. Wow. So in many ways, there's a lot of work to be done, but I also am proud of the work that's been done over these past 15 plus years. Mm -hmm. um, I think also one more thing, this work it, it, for me, and I didn't realize it, but you have to be aware of yourself. You have to know sort of what's in your spirit and what you're being pulled towards and not ignore it. And all of us have trials and tribulations. That's sort of part of what life is about. Yes. But how do you channel all of those things, apply it to something good, and then inspire people to either join you or make a difference? And my personal approach, and I believe this from my heart, is um, there's a servant leadership style to diversity and inclusion work, yes. if you're doing yes. it correctly. Um, it's a respectful and graceful way to extend uh, an opportunity for people to come with you on a journey, but then service as a leader if they need someone to lead. Right. But you're not telling people what to do. You're more inspiring, encouraging, and supporting many along a journey with you. And so you're learning as well because you're learning amongst everybody. And I think that's very critical. I've watched people who take it on as just a business case, and there is a business case for it, but it's more than that. 
Um, I've seen people who are passionate, but they have no plan. That's a problem too. <laughs> you have yes. to sort of <laughs> balance everything together and really think about what outcome do you want? And at the end of the day, have people work on their own to really do this work outside of your presence. And that takes, that takes lighting some fire in them. Um, a colleague teased me. He said, Dina, I really think you were destined for this work. And I said, why? He said, it's your name. He said, it's Dina. It spells diversity, inclusion, North America. <laughs> I tell everybody that all the time too. Maybe my parents knew something I didn't. Yeah. But I do think there's something there where you have to really, if you feel something in your heart, in your spirit, right. you can't ignore it. It means you're being pulled towards something you're supposed to do. And that's how I remain composed because it triggered something here that I've continued to nurture since right. I didn't. Well, and, and as you said, you know, what is the old saying? A goal without a plan is just a wish. So, you know, <laughs> as you follow that, that passion, and, and that's many of us, we get into that situation where we're really excited about something or there's something in our spirit, good or bad, but we get stuck. Yes. Because we're trained. You go to work, you get a job, you get a paycheck, you try to move right. your career there, you may change jobs, but what is it about you know following our passion that we have such a hard time doing sometimes a hard time bringing our authentic self to work and being okay saying this isn't working for me i'm going to go do something that works in an environment that works so if you if you think about that how you've been able to really hold on to your passion and have you been able to do this work what is one of the biggest surprises that you've seen along the way and how did you manage that so here's something interesting. I was selected for a fellowship for the Children's Defense Fund. Mm -hmm. And we, um, we participated, I think I was one of two people selected from Pennsylvania. And we were taken to Haley Farm in Clinton, Tennessee, which is where Alex Haley wrote Roots. Yes. And so there was some inspiration just in the setting. I didn't know at the time that that was gonna change my life and answer just the question you asked. Mm -hmm. um, I was in mode of a trainer and yeah. I was like, what's the agenda? And what are we going to be doing? And the facilitator um, said, Come, you know, we'll see, we'll, we'll walk through this. She took us through a four day journey of ourselves to really explore. And I was, we were crying and laughing and just all of this stuff. You don't realize um, how much stuff as people we kind of just push down into yeah. our stomachs and our spirit. I'm, you can't see me, I'm holding like all this right. <laughs> She gracefully pulled all of that up and said, do you recognize that the reason you're doing this work in this way is because you're trying to solve or settle something that's in your spirit. Mm -hmm. And part of that is your passion, but part of that is your pain. Yeah. And that intersection of the two of those things um, so when I was growing up, uh, I had a great childhood, but a lot of people did not know what our family was ethnically. I'm African-American, but we have a wide range of people in my background. Mm -hmm. And so there was always this desire for making sure I had a voice, making sure others spoke mm -hmm. up about who they are, clarifying stereotypes, all those types of things. Um, I also grew up in a Jewish neighborhood, so there was a lot of synergy around civil rights mm -hmm. and just understanding people's plight. Right. And I think that uh, understanding the pain, the history, but also understanding that there was a, some kind of a desire in me to connect people, that, that retreat changed my life. And I give her credit to this day because I'm so grateful 
um, that there wasn't an agenda per se that I could have sort of kept at a distance and checked off. You've got to let people close so that you can develop yourself. Yeah. And um, I see a lot of people function at arm's length yeah. instead of saying, let me be vulnerable. Let me expose what I might actually be able to grow from. And when I recognized and embraced that, my entire life changed. Um, and I'm grateful every day. And I am unapologetic now about my tears, yeah. about my laughter, um, because I feel like this is, this is authentic Dina. Yeah. And I'm going to move forward. And it's like things are just coming together. It's like a magnet of things that now that I've embraced that passion and that connection, I'm saying, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about them pulling everything together? And it's been amazing. Yeah. And I'm grateful for people along the way of which I consider you one of those people Thank who you. have recognized that support and have allowed me to really have a platform to do what I'm feeling. Right. And so um, it's more appreciated than, than you know. And so, um, I don't know if I, I that's not going to talk about <laughs> No, that, that was great. That was great. And, and, you know, one of the things that we talk about at the Rutledge Perspective is really that activating your authenticity. How can you show up every day who you are? And you and I have had this conversation. You are masterful at helping people get to issues of bias with, in a way that is respectful and comfortable because you are in your sweet spot. And so when you think about that experience that you had, um, and I ask this purposefully, when you think about that experience that you had, one, would you still have gone had you known what it was? Or would you have thought, oh, that's just going to be something soft? Wow. Um, it's hard because I've, I've all the stuff that I know has happened since. Right. I would probably say given the age and stage I was, had I known, no. Yeah. Um, but that's part of the beauty of the journey and the evolution too. Right. And that's why when there's people who are surviving pain or second guessing their journey, they need to take some time to reflect back because so much of where they could be or where they are in the moment right. may not be embraced as part of the journey that they've, um, the, I'm saying this backwards, but the journey that they've taken, um, has landed them where they are and they need to embrace all of the pieces of the journey and appreciate where they've landed. Too often I see people apologizing or feeling embarrassed mm -hmm. about some of the pain points along the journey when actually I see them now as a strength. But if you had asked me that 20 years ago, which is when that happened, right? I probably would have been still caught in the pain piece. Mm -hmm. um, I've noticed also, um, I don't know if some people, I like to write and I've noticed that the writing is different from 20 years ago as well yeah. in terms of things I've written for myself. Mm -hmm. So there are markers of an evolution that I think people need to really truly connect with their supports and their pain along a journey to land them in what you defined as a sweet spot. Mm -hmm. And once that intersection happens, it, it can explode yes. in an amazing way. Yeah. Okay, Village, I hope you heard that the connection of your pain and passion and that willingness to just take a chance. Um, and I've had that same issue. I went to a, a conference and had I known what the conference was and how it was, I would not have gone. My extroverted introvert self would have said, no, thank you. And it was absolutely transformational for me. And um, we, along the journey, we have to give ourselves opportunities to just not think so much. 
Just take a leap, just take a leap and make it happen. So another question, Dina, when you think through everywhere you've been, can you point to one key question along the road, like one key fork in the road that you think was a determining factor in where you are? One, that's difficult. <laughs> um, yes, one among many, one that you would like to share. <laughs> I would say for me, the uh, dilemma, and I'll, I'll put this back on myself, but the dilemma of rolling with what I've been taught in terms of sort of the traditional way to do things right. versus what I'm feeling in terms of what you said, that take a leap and just have the courage and, you know, it's kind of like that Robert Frost, you know, the two paths. What are you really thinking um, when it comes to those two things? So for me, I would, I would probably say getting out of my own way mm-hmm. um, when it comes to do I divert back to the traditional structured way to do things or do I take the courage and leap in, be my authentic self and see what happens? That took a little bit of time. I'm far more on this the takes you happen <laughs> before than yes. I was before. Um, but I'm grateful for it because it has um, it's unleashed something in me that is uh, fueling more energy mm-hmm. and um, feeling like it's putting more purpose and direction into the steps that I take and the courage to really connect with people that I may not have connected with if I had stuck with this sort of traditional you should probably wait and ask for permission. And, you know, sometimes it maybe I should, but I still don't. <laughs> so, um, but that intersection is difficult because we're taught, we're taught things. We're taught we should do things a certain way. We should be a certain way and behave a certain way. And I would say I'm still maintaining professionalism and um, appropriate, uh, I guess, decorum, but my version of it. Right. <laughs> um, it's, it's, uh, it's an actual beautiful thing. People say, how did you just talk to that person? Or you just said this and yes. I'm being my authentic self. I don't know what else to say. And I'm, I'm grateful that I am at the stage of my life. Some people live their whole lives and never reach that stage. Right. And I'm grateful that I'm alive and healthy enough that I can embrace it and nurture it to really see what happens. It's actually exciting for me. Yes. And I also believe that we need to watch the words we speak mm-hmm. and the direction we look. I think that there is power in and purpose in what we speak. And so um, if we're not intentional about the words we use, we can actually derail ourselves. And I think that could be one of the biggest barriers as well. So <laughs> not following tradition and watching my words in the power would be the yeah. two things that I think come to mind over the period of time. <laughs> See, this is why I brought you on. You better speak. Words matter. Words matter. Not only what we say to others, but our internal dialogue. Because we're often our own worst critic. We are derailing ourselves because of what we think someone else thinks we should be doing. And it's so unnecessary, but so common. And we've just got to pull together and help each other through that. And, And I will tell you all, I had the pleasure, Dina and I worked together for two and a half, almost three years. And talk about someone who can really recognize, um, understands, can read a room, and is so 
passionate, as you can tell by her energy, so passionate and so excited about this topic, and not just the topic for the topic's sake, but the topic because of the impact that addressing these issues of bias and equity can really have on a community, on a city, on an organization, and ultimately on the world. And she believes that wholeheartedly. And when you listen to that, her ability to connect that in an organization that's 150 years old, that is globally located, that you have to manage through not only your own personalities and challenges that are happening you know, where you are, but that connection to a worldwide um, organization that has a completely different set of understanding around those same issues, if they even have them or acknowledge them at all. So by having Dina here, I wanted you all to have an experience with someone who is truly in her sweet spot, has taken the risk, has allowed herself to be in a learning mode, and is really passionate about bringing things forward and focusing on the organization and people, and not just the soft stuff. This woman does hard work, and she's Thank really you. great at it. So Dina, the last thing I would ask you um, as we leave our viewers is, what is the one key piece of advice that you would give to someone as they are embarking upon their journey or reaching a pinnacle where they are at a fork in the road? What would you say would be a really good piece of advice for someone? Um, I would say embrace being unapologetically authentic as you walk through your um, path and land and look in the purpose, excuse me, for purpose and passion, because if not, you're wasting time and our time is so precious. So it's so very important that um, we seek and embrace and support authenticity, because once you do that, it removes the other barriers and it opens everything up to really make a difference in whatever your area of focus is. And I'm so grateful I found mine because I'm hoping to inspire other people to do the same thing. I even have different energy in my body because I'm doing this. It's just different. Um, so be authentic, be yourself, be bold and courageous and unapologetic about it, but be mindful as well. Um, the people are possibly watching you and you possibly are inspiring people. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I would say that's probably the, the piece that I would think of. That is awesome. Thank you so much. That is one of the things I tell people when you come visit me at laurelrutledge.com is let's figure out how to activate your authenticity because each, each person's story is important and each person has value. So Dina, you are absolutely amazing. Um, Village, I, I wish I could have an hour with her. Um, you will be amazed by her and inspired by her. Um, if you need to find her, she is on LinkedIn. Um, and Dina, do you have it as Dina Clark or Dina L. Clark? I think it's Dina Clark. Um, Dina Clark. I'm also on Twitter, diversity underscore Dina. <laughs> there you go. So reach out to her. She's always out there. She's always active. Um, you will hear her energy and see her energy on her LinkedIn page and on her tweets. Um, so feel free to reach out. Um, I love connecting great people with great people. So Village, I hope you have enjoyed this interview. Dina, thank you so much for being a part of the Rutledge Perspective. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. Have a good day. Thank Bye. you. Bye. You have been listening to The Rutledge Perspective. Thank you for tuning in. If we've given you a new perspective or helped you clarify your own, please give us a five-star rating. You can find more information about this and other episodes of the show on laurelrutledge.com slash podcast 
And you can subscribe to the show where you get your favorite podcasts. You can also follow me on social media. Oh, and if there's someone you think would enjoy or benefit from the Rutledge perspective, please pass it along. Thank you for tuning in.